Ashoff from Crete Schaefer. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Great to be on again. You know, you and I were talking briefly about a tornado that touched down not too far south from where you are right now uh, last week. Uh, did some damage, some trees down and that sort of thing. We were uh, kind of running through some of the numbers on the uh, incredible tornado season we've seen so far. The unbelievable flooding with I-29 still closed. Um, and, and what I was getting at here is that um, we have some 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 areas of discussion that we're going to jump into about infrastructure. But one of the wild cards is getting much more wild, and it's being played a lot more often now. Weather. Uh, snow, blizzards, ice, flooding, closing down major thoroughfares that were generally thought to be uh, flood-proof, you, you know, the major interstate highways. Absolutely, and those uh, unexpected costs just add to the overall challenge that I know we're going to discuss here with, with infrastructure. And um, had before, not to jump ahead too far, but I, I did even recognize that when the uh, – president met with the Democratic leadership, that was one of the things they talked about is how robust do we build our infrastructure and should we build it robust enough that, that when we have these unexpected events, it's not as uh, devastating on the infrastructure itself, so it doesn't take as much to repair. So certainly uh, weather a factor in, in many ways of uh, our lives out there, but the infrastructure is a big piece of, of the challenges that uh, can, can be created by these storms. You know, it's it's almost ironic that uh, things have kind of done a 180. Back in the Dust Bowl days, people were praying for rain. A flood would have been a welcome phenomenon back in the Midwest. And now today they're praying for dry weather. Uh, you know, Mother Nature just changes that uh, playing field quite a bit all the time. But yeah, uh, like never before, weather has got to be part and parcel of uh, how we build up or even construct in the first place, and how do we uh, simply drain water away from an I-29? Because it's one thing to say, well, the road is flooded, so you can't go there today. But when the, weather, when the water goes down, go right ahead. No, when the water goes down, we have to basically rebuild that road. That's right, and I think what it does demonstrate is how intertwined um, our infrastructure is. You know, we, we think a lot about roads and bridges when we talk about infrastructure, but it also includes, you know, our levee systems, our, our river systems, how they're flowing, how they're maintained, uh, our electric grid. You know, when, you get, when we have weather issues, um, you, you know, how can we get power back? Power impacts transportation. So it, it is an intertwined uh, web when we talk about infrastructure. It's not just the roads and bridges. I know, in, in our, and, and I think, too, in the general public's mind when you say infrastructure i think pretty much everybody says oh yeah roads and bridges they're in bad shape we need more we need better but you're you're absolutely correct pipelines uh the electric grid uh all of that uh, you know and and more plays into the infrastructure so uh how do we prioritize and and in in your mind um, what are what are the biggest infrastructure challenges that we face uh, at the moment? And I say at the moment because that's a changing uh, a game board. 
It is, and certainly for our industry. I know we talked about the, the kind of the web of different things that come together, but for us, it's obvious it is it is the the roads and bridges uh, that that really do create our challenge. And what what we've come to, I think, is an unfortunate situation where, you know, sometimes your priority could be, well, we need new infrastructure um, because uh, we're we're growing as a country, we're we're traveling more miles every year, so we need new, and that would be a lot easier had we maintained the old. And unfortunately, we haven't done a good job of maintaining our old. So we've kind of come to this point in, in our country where we have two big problems. We need more infrastructure, but we also have aging infrastructure that really needs repaired. So those two things coming together, you know, have created congestion and, and you know, a lot of damage to vehicles with, with the aging infrastructure and, and roads being closed, so additional miles being traveled. So uh, that conflux of, of not taking care of the old and needing a new has, has put us in the pickle, so to speak. Yeah, because um, it's like, uh, gee whiz, I, I don't know what to do here. Um, we have uh, drivers, and I'm sure you hear this a lot from your guys out on the road, you, uh, the men and women of Crete Schaefer Hunt, I'm sure, say, man, Indiana, holy cow, can't ride through. You know, and we get that all the time uh, here on the show. So what do we do? Do we concentrate on repairing what we have, which is inadequate? Or do we build new, which is needed? I don't know. Can we, I don't know that we can do. You know, Justin Wilson, the great uh, Cajun comedian, had a wonderful story about a boy and a girl in a car. This is back in the old bench seat days, Tim. And she was all snuggled up against him as he's driving down the road. He's got one arm on the wheel and one arm around her, half doing two jobs. And that's kind of where we are in terms of infrastructure. We kind of have to do the repairs, but we also have to do the build-outs kind of all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, sometimes, as you notice, when, when, you, when you're doing uh, half of each job, you're not doing either one very well. So uh, that, that's where we need to take that. Uh, I think the big, bold action that the president outlined last week with the $2 trillion infrastructure, it seems almost – something that's impossible, but I think as you just kind of laid out, we need to do something bold. We are so far behind. We need to do both jobs fully, not a half of each one. Back in the 1950s, you know, when when, when uh, he was a lieutenant colonel, I think that was his rank after World War One. when uh, that uh, at that point uh, Eisenhower was on a um, one of two convoys going across the nation, and there was a twofold purpose for the convoy. One was to assess what the roads were like from coast to coast, and they found that out the hard way. And the other was to uh, give the folks a chance to thank the Army for winning the war. It was, it was a victory tour, but it had a real purpose. And that's when he said, we got to do something about this. And, of course, in the 50s, he signed the uh, Highway Aid Act, and the rest is history. The interstate system was built. Um, what Do we just not have the same spirit in the country that we did then? And that's what it's really going to take. Uh, but wh wh where are we there? Is, is In other words, what is the underlying root problem here? Is it that we just don't have the will uh, or the spirit to make this happen like we did back in the 50s? Well, I, I think it's a, a couple of things. One, when you have something, you take it for granted. So, you know, back in the 50s, we didn't have the interstate system. So it was something that, yeah, the the, the public and most importantly, probably the, the leaders of the country, the politicians, Mr. Eisenhower and others, 
you know, said, hey, let's do something big. Let's do something bold that will give us a, make us, you know, have us take a step forward as a nation, which obviously it, it did. You know, the, the economic development that came from that, the, 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 you know, is, is amazing. It's been kind of the, the artery of our country has been the interstate system. Well, now we've had that artery for a long time, and it's it's more of taking care of that and adding to it. So it doesn't seem as, as big and bold. And I think for a long time we took that for granted. So it takes a lot more will of the, of the people and, and more so will of the leaders particularly given the, the times we're in uh, with the uh, political environment, uh, to stand up and be a leader and do something that, that's that's really good for our country. And, and you know, that kind of leads into a little bit of um, how I'm proud of what the American Trucking Association has done in saying, look, we've been trying with the leaders for a long time to get them to recognize this problem. Uh, let's go to the people who recognize it every day when they're driving. And they've done the, the public uh, campaign out there um, to, to the general public, doing commercials on television, uh, radio and other things, uh, a, a new feature called Road to a Better Future. So we can get the, the political support at the grassroots level coming up through all the voters out there uh, to get to them, to the politicians to say, hey, you know, be a leader out there for us. Let's take another bold step. It's been, you know, 60 years, as you mentioned, since we've made a big initiative on our roadways and we're behind. We need another big step here. Yeah, because uh, historically and traditionally, uh, transportation, well, infrastructure, but if, if, let's just say transportation, has been the last bastion against uh, the politicization of uh, yet another issue, another uh, complex, uh, you know, fundamental here in the country. Infrastructure has become politicized along with everything else, so that even makes it harder to, to get anything moving. But I think um, I think the point you make there about uh, going to the grassroots and, you know, all politics is local. I forget who said that, but they were right. Uh, maybe that is the way to start instead of from the top down, which has pretty much been the way it's been because it was fairly easy to get everybody to to, to agree that we need to take care of infrastructure. Not, not so much anymore. All right. You know, there's over three point two trillion miles traveled every year across our country and about 90 percent of that is by you know four-wheelers uh, cars and suvs and trucks out there i um, mean you know, only about 5.5 percent is actually actually by tractor trailer combinations yeah. and wow yeah. it may impact our industry a lot i think the atri has, has estimated that it costs over seven uh, 75 billion dollars a year the lack of in infrastructure is is causing our in uh, industry due to you know congestion delays additional maintenance on vehicles, the parking shortage, you know, all those things is costing our industry, but it's costing the whole nation. And, and, and so we can, we need to get the general public to get behind this, uh, really reach out to their, their leaders, their congressional delegation and say, this is having a huge impact on me. Um, you know, our roadways are failing and I am willing uh, to step up and help, you know, fund our future. And I think that's the one thing about funding uh, that I know we're going we're gonna to get into here is that I think Americans are willing to pay for that funding as long as they know it is actually going to the roads. And that's one thing that the, you know, the trucking industry has advocated for a long time. You know, our largest funding right now is through fuel tax, which is, you know, essentially a user fee for, for the roadway. Ways. But we've been really adamant and been, I think, successful in ensuring that those road taxes go to the roads through the highway trust funds and, and not only on the federal level, but in most states, they have that similar type of system. And so I think the public is saying, look, I, I'm willing to pay more as long as I know I'm going to get a return from that. And that kind of, of, of tax, uh, fuel tax, that's really a fee for use of the roads. 
I think people are willing um, to see that increase if they see the results then in the roadway. And, and certainly here in Nebraska and many other states in recent years, uh, the public has supported that and we have increased our fuel tax. Yeah, it's hard to uh, get that trust back. You know, the Highway Trust Fund, they've taken not only the money out, but also the trust factor out of it as well. And, you know, I've been talking about the Highway Trust Fund for 30 years on the air here, Tim. I mean, you know, it's been rated for a long time uh, because it had a lot of money. And we didn't really need the money because the roads were still in good shape. They were fairly new, but they're not new anymore. Um, I want to kind of double back to more more of the not so much grassroots, but ground level uh, effects of the infrastructure that we have. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to ask this, but... You uh, at, at Crete Schaefer Hunt, you guys uh, keep books, you know, you have an accounting department, everybody does, large or small. Um, is there a, a, a tangible line item number that you guys might have in terms of what failing infrastructure is actually causing uh, you guys to suffer? In other words, how does in, inadequate transportation infrastructure impact carriers? Is there, is there a, a tangible uh, number that, that can be put on that at this point? If that makes there any sense. Is an- yeah, and, and and how we look at it is is you know really our biggest impact uh, that it, to us from the infrastructure challenge is um, congestion and parking, and so what we're able to do is we're able to see as we travel through different parts of the country, particularly you know the the big bottlenecks as actually has put out the hundred bottle uh, the hundred most congested areas, and mm-hmm. and we could see that before before they would tell us is you know basically our our productivity for us uh, and our revenue for us and for our drivers. Is the, the wheels are turning. So whenever you're going through an area where the wheels are turning slowly or not turning at all because of congestion, that's a big cost. So we have actually looked and looked at it by each one of our lanes and have said, hey, if we're traveling on a route that goes um, through Atlanta, for example, that route is more costly to us because it's taking our drivers, you know, our average speed on that route goes way down versus if I'm going from, uh, you know, say Kansas City to St. Louis. And so we then look at the cost of that, and we actually have to rate that in and charge it to our customers. Mm-hmm. And so there is a financial impact there that we have to pass along, which we pass along to our customers, and then ultimately has to get passed along um, to their customers, so the, the consumers out there. So um, it, it's hard to put an exact number on it uh, overall, uh, but we certainly do look at it by lane and say, well, what additional cost do we have in a lane due to just the impact of congestion on the speed that our drivers can travel? And sometimes they're not as productive because they have to stop early to, to find a place to park. So they're not able to yeah. get many miles because there's not parking. And so, you know, it's those challenges that, that's hard to put an individual, you know, cent per mile overall. But certainly as you go through the congestion areas, we do see the impact. You know, it's interesting you, you uh, lump parking into that equation, which obviously that's where it belongs. But I'm not even so sure that folks who drive for a living, like the folks listening right now, really equate parking with infrastructure, but that's exactly what it is. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, to have an efficient infrastructure, you, you know, we have to have places along the route at the right times and the right places where, where the drivers can obviously utilize their hours effectively and then have a place to park. And, 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 you know, that does make a huge impact. And we know 
parts of the country it's bigger than others in the northeast in particular there's there's so limited parking that not only is a congestion up there but it's the fact that if i'm going to deliver into an area but there's no place to park and i run out of hours what do i do um, that lack of infrastructure is, is you know causing our economy causing our drivers uh, to be less productive well, uh, okay, let's wipe everything that we've talked off off the board and uh, get a new piece of chalk here and write up what happens if we continue with the current level of funding for highway transportation projects. I'm sure you guys have uh, worked that out, uh, at least in your own minds, and I'm sure collectively, too, within the industry. Well, I, I think we just continue to dig ourselves deeper and deeper in a hole. And I think what it's really going to impact is uh, our, our larger uh, metropolitan, area, metropolitan areas. I think we're, we're seeing it somewhat now where um, we're seeing, um, you know, warehouses and transportation hubs moving farther and farther outside of those areas just because of the congestion in those areas. So to get product into that warehouse is, is becoming more difficult. So then what we're doing is, well, we'll, we'll drop it a little bit farther away so we can keep our over-the-road trucks busy, but then we'll have more last-mile and local delivery trucks. So what does that do? That puts more vehicles in that congested area now because uh, uh, they have to come from a little bit farther away. They're taking a little bit longer. They're making it more congested. So uh, we're just going to continue to see a snowball effect if we don't uh, stand up, a step up here and, and really make something happen. Wow. You know, uh, we don't have time to get into this right now, but maybe next time we could talk about how e-commerce is changing the geography of trucking, not just in terms of who's hauling what, where, when and how, but even the parking uh, component is, is, is uh, being affected by e-commerce because folks need more parking out there on the road in commercial trucks. But now where they need it is changing in addition to how much they need. So everything's just kind of like this big uh, mixing bowl and it's like making a salad. We just keep tossing this salad. Yeah, it's it's an ever-changing world out there, and and infrastructure hasn't uh, kept up. And and if we don't, um, you know, I, I always have faith in, in in our nation, and we'll always be the greatest country on earth. But we could be uh, get a little bit uh, farther behind uh, in infrastructure, and that that can weaken us some. So, um, you know, that that we're ever going to be evolving. Our our industry, our economy is going to evolve. Technology is going to evolve. How goods get to market through e-commerce. You know, 20 years ago, we never heard of e-commerce. So who knows what it'll be like 20 years from now. So Indeed. we need to ensure we have the platform for that future. You know, um, the value of infra infrastructure is not a modern idea. The Romans knew about it. Some of those ancient Roman roads are still in use 2,000 years later. They knew about infrastructure and the importance of it. That's how their their empire was built. So um, here we go. Well, Tim, wow, that, that was a fascinating discussion. Thank you for digging so deep into that hole here. <laughs> The well, let's, just that, <laughs> let's just hope that uh, we actually uh, get some infrastructure, get an infrastructure bill done, so we can fill in that pothole and see the light uh, at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Indeed, the rabbit wants his hole back. <laughs> Tim, thank you as always. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Tim Ashoff, everybody, President and COO of Creek Carrier Safer Trucking.